What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Okay. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Jenna. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're all here. Um, I haven't done like a three-way podcast in a long time. <laughs> Getting wild today wild in 2022. Oh my goodness. Well, we're just here to catch up, talk shop about non-diet January podcast things. Um, so let's just like go around the table. How are you guys doing today? Give me like some real answers. Can you go first? Cause your face looks like it's something good's coming. <laughs> well, I was thinking of you, Jenna, just how you came onto the call being like, if I leave, don't worry. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear your answer. Um, I'm in a good place right now. Just got back from a walk. I'm turning 31 tomorrow. So that's fun. Um, at a much different, like, so I've been doing a lot of reflecting today. I feel like, because I'm at just a much different spot than I was when I turned 30. Um, I have like a vivid, I'm going to do a post on this, but I'll talk about it here. I last year on my 30th birthday, I had like a, a package come to my door. Mostly you'd be excited for that, but it was my $5,000 worth of IVF meds. And I was just getting ready to start around. So it's just crazy how much can change in a year because now I'm 21 weeks pregnant and just yeah. wild. So yeah. That has nothing to do with anti-diet stuff, but that's what's on my brain. So. Gives me the chills. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. I mean, I don't love that the cost of these things is so astronomical, but um, you and know. it's just the meds for one round. It is right. wild. We have it's... so much that we need to change in this country with infertility care and maternity post, you know, yeah. postpartum care. I know Jenna and I talk a lot about that as well. And I know you're a mother. Are you a mother of three or four, Heather? There's three. There's three I, of them. And they're all boys, right? <laughs> There's three of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We can, mine are so close together that I like sometimes forget that I have three kids. Like there have literally been days where I get in the car and I'm like, I look in the rearview mirror. I'm like, I have all of them, right? Like they're all here. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Okay, how close together are they? Now I need to know. So our first two are um, just under two and a half years apart. And then okay. our second two are 13 months apart. Like baby two was born in May of 2020. Baby three was born in June of 2021. Wow. So we have gone from like baby to baby, you know, like as soon as he was like a quote unquote toddler. It was like, and now you have a newborn again. And now you're just like starting this all over again. Wow. Um, yeah, it was wild. That so. would be like me having a baby in three weeks. I, how did you do that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
that's star. amazing. Yes. Rock star. It's wild. Um, yeah. I've thankfully, like when I shared that that had happened, I got so many people who were like, I'm 14 months older than my sibling or 13 months younger than my sibling. And I'm just like, whoa, this like happens a lot. Um, and a lot of people who were like, oh yeah, I also had a surprise baby and it's like really wild. Like it's just a, it's like so much to process. Um, especially when like I did the math and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like at first I was like, are they even going to be a year apart? Like, is that even possible? <laughs> Am I they breaking are. science? Like, <laughs> am I the first person ever? Irish twins? Is that what they no. call it? Well, are, so I think Irish they just twins, missed that? Yeah, it's like, okay. I think that's under a year. And actually, uh, someone that was in our family life many years ago, uh, he had an Irish twin and like they were 11 months apart. And I was like, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Like, that doesn't, that math doesn't add up for me. It's like don't you know. don't even wait till the six week appointment. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we did, we did do that. Um, anyway. Yeah. So it's wild. It's wild. Well, I'll piggyback on the non diet. How am I? I just took a walk. It's snowing here, Sam. So my walk was not as great, but I was listening to the podcast that Jamie Lynn Spears did with call her daddy. Um, just to like, she's talking about like, I guess her new book, it's all over Instagram. And I was just thinking like, why did I choose this podcast? <laughs> and I feel like I was, ex I just feel exhausted from the January mindset right now of like mm -hmm. all of the like anti-diet and diet space, like chatter maybe I guess is a good way to put it on social media it's all amazing stuff that's out there in the anti-diet space but sometimes like just the content overwhelms me and I was like I want to be mindless and so I chose that if you haven't listened to it it's really interesting if you're a Britney Spears like at all fan or that she was at all part of your growing up it's just yeah. wild watching this like tumultuous happening of what's going on in her world. But I highly recommend a, like a non-work related podcast, whatever it is that mm. <laughs> makes you happy yes. to kind of get away from some of the noise of what's going on in social media. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I, I co-sign oh, that. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, now that you're saying that, that is so funny. We probably were walking and listening to a podcast at the same time. Um, my favorite, like, I don't know if it's, you would call it mindless, but the one that makes me laugh the most that I cannot get enough of, have you guys heard of Smartless? Mm -hmm. So it is hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Okay. And they bring <laughs> that on, works. Yeah, they that works bring for me. on every, they've had Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon today. I just listened to Jimmy Fallon and then Sandra Bullock. They just, it's amazing. They've had Kamala Harris on, they, they just like, interview these people and you hear their life story and you're they're just hilarious like they're yeah. ads I'm laughing they're like talking about AutoZone to bring your car in for an ad and I'm like laughing so <laughs> I recommend if you're looking for a laugh that smartless that one I, works for you free yeah. ad for them right now oh man yeah I definitely like will open my podcast app sometimes to just be like why is this the list that I've chosen for myself? Like why? <laughs> I need something new. I listened to, um, this is sort of, I don't think it's really related to our work, but it is like Instagram related. I listened to a series called Under the Influence by Joe Piazza. I really like her book that she co-wrote with Christine Pride. And so then I was like following her Instagram and she has this 
whole podcast about mom influencers on Instagram, which is also a world that I realize I know nothing about. Like I, she's like listing off all these big accounts and I'm like, I am so thrilled that this is not a world that I have found myself in. Like, I'm so thrilled that I like, don't know any person that she, like, none of it sounds familiar to me, like even remotely. Um, but it's fascinating. It's like a little dark sometimes, but she's a really good host. I was like, I listened to like each episode back to back season two is coming soon. Um, so that's also a good one. Not as funny. It's sometimes funny, but um, it was just interesting. But yeah, definitely like getting out of that headspace for a while. Cause I do have so many nutrition podcasts and parenting podcasts. And then I'm like, I just like some, something fun, just like something that like, I'm not trying to learn a thing. I just want to like listen to a conversation. So smart list sounds great for that. But if you do want to learn about anti-diet stuff, oh girl, go. <laughs> you can tune into RD Real Talk or the actual pork podcast. The actual pork podcast. Okay. I want to hear an origin story for the, what the actual fork podcast. Give me the background. Wait, let me start it with, I posted something on Insta on TikTok when Sam was on CBS last week, plug for that, find food freedom. Um, and just like, I was literally crying when I saw Sam on TV, because I'll start with my end of the story that, you know, Sam and I met in 2011. Four 14? 14? Sorry. 14. Okay. So 2014 sounds correct. And we worked for a large grocery chain. And at the time, um, the program was very new and I became the manager, which they had, I had no idea what I was doing. We had no idea what we were doing. And I just remember meeting Sam and being like, we are the same person. And long story short, many years later, when she decided to move to Florida, I like joke, it was like the worst day of my life because I feel like I lost my person. Like work just wasn't as fun anymore. Sorry if any of our old coworkers are listening to this. It's the truth. Um, and it was like, I didn't have like my partner in crime and like the person that like understood me as a person. And we stayed in touch. And when Sam lost her, launched her private practice or with her business partner down in Florida, it was when I was like ready to leave that job. And I came down. So like I was her mentor, quote unquote, back when she was starting her career, mm. she became mine. She taught me everything she knew about a private practice and, you know, how to start it and what she does. And every year for like two years after that, I visited her in Florida and the last time, which was right before COVID, I guess, a year before COVID, she's like, we should do a podcast. But you first have to change your Instagram name because it sucks. And let's do all of these like, things. I have an issue. <laughs> like, we, we're going to do this and you're going to do it right now. And I just remember her husband being like, you two don't know how to wait to like make decisions. You're just so impulsive. Like, don't you want to mm -hmm. think about this? And he was like, no. She's like, nope. No. Um, it was so funny. Hi, Luke. But all that being said said, um, when I posted this video on TikTok, one of like a huge account that's verified on there was like, wait a minute, I follow both of you. You two are friends. Like, how is this mm. real? And it was just like, just so funny because we're obviously in very different areas of the country. Yeah. Um, but it's, 
I don't know. It's just really special. So long story short, then we started a podcast with a terrible name and Sam, you take it from there. <laughs> it's the best name. Yes. Yeah, it's the best name. I love it. Um, <laughs> wait, Jenna, where are you, where do you live? Where are you based out of? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So like just um, where she left me. Same coast, <laughs> but where she left you. I stayed. Yeah. I stayed here without oh her. Gosh. <laughs> yes. So something Jenna and I talk about on many pod pretty much every podcast episode is how we publicly fuck up so we people can learn from us and we were both very diet culture centered dietitians because that's how we are classically trained in our you know nutrition schooling and whatnot so when jenna had changed her name she was originally happy slim healthy and changed it over to happy strong healthy because mm. we she knew that name didn't fit her anymore so we were yeah. like why are we holding on to that and so we were still learning as we launched our podcast and our first podcast name was drunk dietitians and when oh, she right. changed her name her instagram name we were like drinking wine and just like went live on instagram and we're like we're changing our name and you're like oh my god i have to like email all these people and my email is wrong now and like my website's wrong and it was all these things oh my but gosh. drunk dietitians at the time it it suited us in a way because the like kind of the idea behind it was like we're like fun dietitians right we're the cool dietitians like we're like we were we're heading over into that full anti-diet space um but as we started to unpack and learn more, we were like, okay, like, first of all, you don't have to be drunk to be cool or fun, which like we knew when we started the podcast, but yeah. the name just didn't suit us. There were multiple guests who had, you know, family members or, you know, whoever loved ones in their life that had, you know, alcoholism or some trauma around that, where it's like, the more you get into the anti-diet intuitive eating space, like that's just not something to play around with. So we felt like we outgrew that pretty quickly, um, dragged our feet for a little bit to change it because it is hard to rebrand and change. And, mm -hmm. um, but then we switched over to what the actual fork pod, we both loved, um, the show, the good place where every time they swear, like they can't say fuck, it comes out as fork. Uh, okay. Um, I had a sign in my kitchen that said, uh, what I think it just said, what the fork we just, that just kept coming up for us. My cousin, I think had dropped that hint to us for some ideas. So we just kind of switched over and haven't looked back and just talk about all the anti-diet things and have so many great guests on. I don't think we've had you on yet, Heather. So we need to set that up okay. as soon as we get off that. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the evolution. I had briefly forgotten that it was drunk dietitians. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I do remember that. And then I don't think I really, like when I was reaching out to you guys, I'm like, yeah, so what the actual fork podcast, like, that's just what it is. So for whatever it's worth, that was a smooth transition. And some of us have amnesia from what's happened over the past two years. So it's Perfect. fine. You know, we don't remember these things anyways. It's a blip in the radar. Great. Great. To hear. Yeah. I definitely relate to, uh, learning in front of people. I actually, uh, a dietitian who is now a friend of mine and we've worked on a few projects together when the first time that we were in touch with each other and I had no idea who she was, she sent me a really long DM. I actually think I was on maternity leave. I think this was 2020. Um, and it was basically like, Hey, I discovered your podcast. And then I went back and listened to literally every single episode. She was, I think she said like, the perfectionist in me, like couldn't skip any episodes. And now that I know her well, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
so endearing, but I'm also like, I would never do that. I don't have the patience for that. Um, and at the time there were probably, I don't know, maybe like 120 episodes or something. Like it's a lot, that's a lot of listening to do. Um, but she said in her note, like, I'm so glad that you've left the older episodes up because I can hear how much you've learned. And like, certainly could have taken that a couple of different ways, but I was just like, oh, I bet you can. Yeah. Because this show has been on the air now for five years. So a lot has changed in five years. Didn't have kids five years ago. Um, I was like in this space, but still had so much to learn. So unfortunately anyone listening now, like still has access to all of those old episodes for better or worse. And I've gone back and forth with like, do those stay up or do I take them down? Just, I mean, partially just because like this sound is pretty bad and the editing is really bad. Um, but I always think back to that message that she sent me and she was just like, it was just helpful to have that available and to know that like these things change and shift and like, it's okay for that to be true. We didn't just like show up as perfect practitioners. I'm not a perfect practitioner today by any stretch, but, um, yeah, I think about that a lot. Have you ever gone back and listened to your old episodes? Cause Sam and I have talked about it and I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> like, I, can't. I hate <laughs> listening to current episodes. Like I had to, um, I mentioned before we started recording that we have everyone home this week because my preschooler has COVID and, or he's like recovered pretty well, but it's now going through. Um, so anyway, I didn't get things done that I would normally get done. So I was listening to this week's episode late last night, just to like, give it a quick run through. And I like, that's hard for me. I tried to do that before it's like actually live, but I'm just like, uh, I, I get so distracted. I don't really want to like sit and listen to my own voice. So I end up doing like five other things and then I have to like rewind it and go back. So I'm like, I missed part of what, what just happened. Um, so definitely have not listened to old episodes and never will. I don't think no. That's how, I don't know about you, Jenna, but like, unless, I don't know, I, I really have, I feel like I used to in the beginning, like when we first did it, cause we we're like, oh my gosh, like we have a podcast and like, yeah. listen, yeah. but now like, oh, I definitely don't listen, but yeah. I know I can think of multiple episodes that I could cringe, like thinking about the things that I said or how I spoke about things, but I think those yeah. are important definitely yeah. to keep up. Cause yeah. it just shows how much work you are doing. Right. I always nice. think of, oh, go ahead. No, no go ahead. I was just going to say, I had an experience this morning that really layers onto this conversation so well. And I received a DM from an old client when I was transitioning into, you know, less of the diet culture me, but I was still very much, I was working with a gym and like very much diet culture, Jenna. And I also wasn't a mom. Um, and this person had two kids at the time and they were young. And I remember, you know, like telling her things that at the time the diet culture dietitian in me would say, right, about like making yourself a priority and like carving out the whatever and like all these things. And anyways, she sent me this really nice DM that was like, it's just so beautiful to watch how much you've grown and changed since your transition into the anti-diet space, but also as a mom, because you now see things from such a different lens. And like, I think that, you know, she was like, if we could go back in time, like I would love to work with this Jenna today. I'm grateful for the Jenna that I had. It served whatever purpose at the time, but there was always a disconnect between you and I that now I understand what it was. And I like, at first was like, ugh, like, ugh, gave me like the chills of like, I can't believe that 
like I used to do that. And I started to think about all of the things that I've said to people like over the years, especially when I was like a 20 year, what are you 21 year old dietitian, like counseling women in the grocery store, like, and telling them as they have like three of their kids with them, like as they're food shopping. And I'm like, you should do this. <laughs> like, no, shut up. But it was just such a beautiful thing to read about how there really are people that have followed along like our journeys as dietitians and watched these changes and it helps them really see things through a different lens also and grow with us that I think is and maybe like give them permission to grow in a weird way too that I think is really beautiful yeah I think a lot about um and I've talked about this before on the show I think like how there are four editions of the intuitive eating book and the first edition which I've never had my hands on but I've heard from practitioners who remember reading it in the late nineties, like had a chapter on weight loss and how to use like intuitive eating. I don't know if it was like directly, like how to use intuitive eating for weight loss, but there was some chapter about like, you know, maybe this could work or whatever, or like some people do lose weight. And like each iteration of that book has changed so much as the two authors have changed and grown and no version of it will be perfect, but like we have all four of them in the world. <laughs> like to me, that's like the terrifying thing about a book. Like I can go delete podcast episodes. If I really wanted to, I can delete Instagram <laughs> captions. I could edit them or whatever. I don't do that, but I, in theory I could, but a book is like, this has been printed and it is like, <laughs> you cannot change it. <laughs> that's like so terrifying to me. Oh, Yeah. The thought of a book scares me. Like I've had people reach out and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not anytime soon. And I'm yeah. a terrible writer. So that, I mean, oh, man. I would need a ghost writer, but yeah. can't do that. I mean, the thought of a book is like really cool to me. I would love to do that, but I'm also just like, oh my gosh, like, how do you know what to put? And how do you not like, even I think when I talked to Alyssa Rumsey about her book, I was just like, how do you know where to stop? Like, there's so much that you would want to put in a book and it can't be like a thousand pages, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, yeah, there's a lot of growth that happens <laughs> on <laughs> publicly and behind the scenes. Um what are you guys seeing in your client worlds right now with like January trends or also you guys are on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. So I don't see the like crazy stuff that's happening over there with diet stuff. I feel like it's probably on Instagram, but I'm so not in that space that I don't see any of it. Um, what's some, well, like I clearly have resorted to Jamie Lynn Spears to get away from <laughs> it. So, like... so that's where we are. Mental I'm being second. honest. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like very redundant, you know, like everything yeah. to me seems played out. And Sam and I had this conversation the other day, like you forget that you still have to tell people keto is not good for you. Mm. <laughs> like keto has been around for so long now. Right. But like, there are still people that are hearing the message from a different way. And I actually was in a hair salon yesterday. And I think this is like the Mecca for me to answer that question. And like, I'm hearing, like, I can't turn my ears off and I'm just hearing these people talking about their cleanses and the gym that they go to that, um, they get weighed and measured every Monday. So you have to be there on Mondays or like just all of these terrible things. And the hairdressers or the people in the salon are like cheering them on, like, good for you. And I'm like, how amazing would it be if you had a hairdresser that was also an anti-diet dietitian that was like, hmm, maybe we could try something else this year. But like, that's just not the reality. And 
it's still very much out there. And I'm not currently seeing one-on-one clients in this moment. Um, but what we are seeing a lot, I personally see in our Facebook group for our group coaching and so on is there's still a lot of confusion about the fitness industry. Um, a lot of pressures to work out a lot of fear and anxiety about resting. Um, a lot of questions about nutrition and fitness because of what's being pushed in the gyms right now. Um, you know, every gym thinks that they're also a fitness or I'm sorry, a nutrition expert. And it's hard. It's, there's definitely still a big hill for all of us dietitians to climb, but I do feel like with every person that I can talk to about a different way, I'm making a little bit of a difference and that's what keeps me going. <laughs> yeah. It, it does feel relentless at times. Like, oh, we're just I mean, we literally repackage, we being not us, diet culture, like repackages the same shit every single year. Like same thing, different name, same thing, different influencer. Like nothing is different. Nothing has changed. There's no new secret. There's no new science. Like it's all the same. And we just like culturally haven't gotten tired of it somehow. It's like kind of baffling. As you were talking about your hairdresser, I'm like, we need to have, like, there needs to be an app that's like, this is an anti-diet space. This is an anti-diet space. Like you will not have to go get your hair cut for an hour and listen to people talk about detoxes in this anti-diet salon. Like someone can we invent that? that? <laughs> like, I don't want to make that. Some, someone else can make it, but I need that in my life. <laughs> I feel like what, what I'm seeing that's pissing me off <laughs> greatly is how much now more than ever the anti-diet language and intuitive eating language is being like co-opted and people or companies, right, are pretending to be anti-diet. I think that's what's really tough to see because, and it's almost like on TikTok, I don't know why these are videos that I don't really get like the extreme dieting videos, thankfully, but I know Jenna could probably attest to this, like the, I'm using heavy air quotes, like that girl culture. It's like these videos of like this, like mystical music and these girls getting out of bed, like making their crisp white bed and the clock ticks over to 4.59 AM to 5 AM. And they're going on their three mile run and they're making their green juice and they're meditating. And the, it's air quotes, not a diet. Right. But it's like talking of like just making this lifestyle seem like it's so easy and everybody can do it. And then they're getting their like $7 latte and like, you know, have like one egg for breakfast or something. And, and again, it's air quotes, not a diet, but it's like all these strict, rigid rules and a lot of privilege to the things they're showing. And so that is something I'm seeing a lot of. And then like, of course we know Noom and their shitty anti-diet air quotes language. And when you Google intuitive eating, they're the first thing that comes up, um, but I also like, it breaks my heart. I've seen, I'm not going to name names, but there's some big influencers that kind of straddle the body positivity, body image line that I've seen them put out some pretty negative things about intuitive eating, not intentionally, but they just genuinely don't understand it because of all of the misinformation out there. And that's just so heartbreaking because they have millions of followers and they're posting like, I have, they're like, they're saying like, I have body image issues and food issues, but I can't do intuitive eating until I get my shit together. Kind of no, exactly who you're talking about. I know, I'm like cringing. So <laughs> sad. It's so sad. And, um, 
but you know, it's not our job to be like, actually you can. And here's why did it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people have to learn on their own. So I think that is what is getting to me. But as Evelyn Triboli said to us on our podcast, like, are they reachable? Are they teachable? Like, don't waste your mental energy, but mm-hmm. like the old diet bullshit. Yeah. I think like I'm over that. Obviously yeah. I think most people are, but now it's like this other weird stuff where people are just fucking the intuitive eating message up basically. I know. Yeah. It is incredibly frustrating. And it's especially to, I don't know who you're talking about. Cause if, again, I feel sort of clueless on like all social media. <laughs> like I just that's a good I follow thing. my people. Good like, thing. Yeah. Um, but I do, there's part of me that feels like if diet culture at large has resorted to like let's use their language. Let's use intuitive eating. Let's like, I'm like, is this their like last and final breath? I know that it won't be like, there's way, way too much money. Like I can't even like mentally picture $72 billion. It doesn't (laughs) like, I've seen those images. I think it's on Instagram where someone's like, this is what a billion looks like. Like, you know, that it's a lot, but like, you don't know that it's a lot. Like it's here's a million versus a billion, you know? So like try to picture like really what this industry is and what's at play. Um, so I know that this is not really the last and final breath, but it just sort of feels that way. It's like they're, the desperation is palpable. Like, oh, ooh, people don't want weight loss anymore. Well, let's just use this language and throw a million dollars at Google ads so that they find us. And it's funny because I feel like the people in my small community who have said like, oh, I did use Noom for a while. Like they didn't want it to be an intuitive eating app. They didn't want it to be an anti-diet app. They wanted it to be a weight loss app. And when I was doing some research for a recent episode on food trackers, I typed in food tracking app in Google, like just to see what popped up. And Noom's ad for January is best weight loss app. And I'm like, oh, how funny. So now you're a weight loss app because it's January. So December 31st, you're an anti-diet app, but January 1st, you're a weight loss app. It's so fucking infuriating. <laughs> like, And I know it's like pointless to spend energy on like hating them, even though I do spend energy on that. But again, I think like so much of what we're seeing with this co-opting of the language to me just feels like an act of desperation of like, we can feel the power slipping away a little bit and the power will probably be there for a very long time. But there's something shifting where it's like, if you feel like if they're resorting to like trying to reach this audience because they, they don't feel like they're reaching the masses anymore, even though they are. um, Yeah. It just feels like something shifting. I don't know what that thing is, but um, very good point. It's mm-hmm. a really good point. It and it definitely is like the power starting to be or the rug starting to be pulled out from under them. Right. It's just so hard, right? When these clients come to you like thinking they know something about intuitive eating from let's say Noom or wherever. Right. It's like you almost wish like they didn't know anything about it. Like the classical, right. you know, cl- the classic clients we have that have dieted for 20 plus years, they can't do it anymore, but they don't know what to do. And then you get to introduce them to intuitive eating. That is like easy. <laughs> but yeah. now it's like yeah. this mess of like middle ground where they thought they've done intuitive eating, but they haven't even brushed the surface. So yeah, it's, that's so true. Yeah. 
it is a lot harder. I have a few clients right now who are like, well, I've read the book a few times and I listened to these pot and I'm like, Ooh, so we're, we're like way, we kind of like went sideways for a while and we're going to have to like find our way back, which is fine. It's, mm -hmm. I think it leads to really interesting conversations, but yeah, to, that is such a good point that it's almost easier to have someone who's like, I just don't want to diet anymore, but I literally don't know what else to do. And you're like, Oh, great. No, <laughs> we can work with that. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I mean, it's a little bit of flattery that they're copying, right? Like there's that angle. Yeah. But I think what you just said about how on December 31st, Noom is anti-diet, but on January 1st, it's weight loss. Like that's even more confusing for people because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, they can be both. So can I. And there is oh. an account, right? There's this yeah. account on social that I follow of a dietitian who who has that message. And it's so frustrating. I've typed so many times, like a response, like, Ooh, you can't really say that. And then I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation because of the same thing that Sam just said, like, she's not reachable. She's not going to listen to me. And she's also so from what I know of her, it's like, so science-based that like, this is just not going to be like, it's not going to be a productive conversation. So like, I'll delete it and then I'll mute her and then I'll see it somewhere else. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> but, but there, are people, like, there are people that sell quote unquote, that message that you mm. can have both. And I think that's what makes it really hard sometimes to fight against, because of course, everybody wants to hear that, right? Like that's what these clients before they come to us, like, that's what they're looking to hear somebody right. to guarantee them that they can have have both. Yeah. Um, and that's really difficult. That's what yeah. I'm seeing more now. Yeah. That is also pretty frustrating. And I, the, the argument that like really can put me over the edge from practitioners who don't agree with weight neutral practices is that their retort is often like, we just all need to agree. We need to be on the same page. And I'm like, what you're saying is that we need to be on your page that you want to use this language because you know people are looking for it, but you want the practices to stay the same. I'm not interested in that. Like, you're not actually trying to have this conversation. You're trying to say, like, stop what you're doing because it's bothering me. Maybe it's threatening my power. Maybe it's uncomfortable for me. Maybe I just, like, can't wrap my head around it. Maybe it's all of the above. So, like, please stop. Let me use your language so that I can get all the, like, marketing points. But, like, let's keep everything else the same. It's, like, I just, yeah, those are the people that I'm, like, not reachable, not teachable, do not engage. <laughs> like, Yeah. And that's where, like, I don't <sighs> follow any practitioner that's not fully anti-diet or haze because I my mental sanity would be in the shitter. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it is really so hard. hard. It is hard. And everyone has a really different take on that. I have some friends who like, um, you know, their connections in the dietetics, nutrition, healthcare world just run so deep that they're like, we disagree and it's fine. And like, I sort of aspire to that place. Cause I think it is a healthier, like mental space to be in. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> Not there yet. But it's, yeah, that's challenging for me, for sure. I have one friend who's like, you literally can't offend me. I'm like, you literally can offend me very easily and I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> Not healthy. I don't think. Oh yeah. I did oh. a dietitian mentorship with a bunch of dietitians, um, probably two years ago now, maybe two, closer to three and yeah, three years ago. Sorry. 
in my head. And like at the time I was, it was before my full transition to anti-diet. So at the time we became super close because we all had very similar opinions on certain things. And as I've completely transitioned and gotten away from that space, uh, basically by the end of the mentorship, I was like, this isn't for me. Um, it's just interesting the conversations that like we'll have in some of these chat rooms. So that was like mm. so old school for me to say. And some of these group <laughs> chats, like, what am I thinking right now? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just, it's just interesting. And again, it's like not a space for me to teach. And I kind of like use yeah. that for, for what it is. It's friendship and we can talk business things, but for my mental sanity, like if there's any, ever any like nutrition related, like conversations, I just mute the alerts and just kind of chime back in when I, when I need to, or yeah. want to, yeah. um, cause it's hard. Cause for a long time, like I went through my angry phase, we call it Sam, <laughs> Sam taught me that phrase, yeah. um, about, you know, anti-diet work. And it was really hard. I hated everybody. <laughs> Like this, this also doesn't feel good. Right. Like this is not productive either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really not. Yeah. I just found that like when I have tried to like stay in those spaces and try to find a happy middle ground, like inevitably it comes up that like, well, we just need you to agree with us. I'm like, well, I just need this to not be a conversation that I'm having right now. So goodbye. Oh man. Um, um, to your point about the dietitians or practitioners in general who are like using the language, but still applying weight-centric practices, I do feel like it's sort of like Noom, like people are either looking for weight loss or they're not. So they're either going to come to you for that thing, or they're going to realize that you're not the thing they were looking for. Cause this doesn't feel good. It's like, this feels like a diet with a different name. Like, Hmm, this is actually not what I was looking for. Um, so I do think eventually like that practice does not serve them. I mean, I certainly can't speak to like what that's looking like in someone's business. Cause I have no idea, but Um, I hear from non-diet practitioners that it feels hard to like market their service because they feel like it's not what people are looking for. And I'm like, I think it is. We're just like, we have to find like how to meet someone where they are. You know, like a lot of the language that I might use doesn't really resonate with someone who's really new to this stuff. Um, but just throwing like weight loss or weight management on it to try to like get people in, like that's not right for them. And it does, it's not going to feel good for you. And the opposite is also true. Like throwing anti-diet or intuitive eating on your business. Cause you think it's what people want, but you're offering weight loss. Like that's not, probably not what they were looking for. So eventually they're just going to find something else. Like it just, none of it makes any sense to me. It's a shit show, but I think it's, <laughs> I think people end up where they need to be, right? People Mm -hmm. like all of our clients that have gone through years of chronic dieting or eating disorder, like that is lived experience that gets them to the place to say, like, just like you said, this didn't serve me. This doesn't serve me. Didn't serve me. It was harming me. Now I'm at a place where I know I'm walking the right path. Sometimes I just think those people that are fence straddling and like intentionally, I don't want to say intentionally doing harm because a lot of them say they they aren't, or they, they, they just don't want to listen, but it's making it more confusing for clients because they think that they're getting anti-diet intuitive eating like support, but weight loss, like is still the centerpiece of it. And we know that can't be the centerpiece of it. Yeah. Even I have a friend who sent me a couple of questions about intuitive eating the other day. And she was like, I also just wonder like, what happens if I really don't like vegetables? Like, how can I be an intuitive eater if I don't like vegetables? And I was like, 
you don't have to like anything that you don't like, like no one's forcing you to eat this stuff. And she literally said, there's an intuitive eating account that I follow that says like, eventually you'll want it. You'll crave vegetables. And she's like, but I don't. So I feel like I'm doing it wrong. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Like, please unfollow that person. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not sure who it is, but like, if you're getting the sense that like you're doing it wrong or that you will eventually like be this perfect quote unquote healthy eater, like unfollow, unsubscribe. That's someone co-opting the language who doesn't understand what they're teaching. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, as a, anyone on social media, right. They may be taking something out of context. Cause if we mm-hmm. look at the stages of intuitive eating stage five does talk about like craving or your body being more pulled towards nutrient dense foods. So this person could have just said like craving vegetables, like in one video. Right. Yeah. And then now this person's like, I'm not craving vegetables. I'm not an intuitive eater. I and so I think it. that's, so just, true. Like a, that's, that's so just like a social media flaw. And I know yeah. like I'll put videos up on TikTok where like my intention behind everything I do is so rooted in intuitive eating, but if it doesn't mesh with one person's journey, like perfectly, they'll call me out you know, and so yeah. it, it creates great conversation and follow-up, but it, that is just like a think of flaw of social media too, where everything yeah. becomes so black and white. Well, I think the inherent flaw is that we are now using it as a way that we think we're learning things. Right. I was like, just going to say that. <laughs> maybe don't go to intuit or to Instagram thinking you're going to learn about intuitive eating. You know? Or that the person that you follow is speaking to only you. You know, right. I think that's the other piece too. And I've worked with some brands in the past where I'm like, I'm going to put a disclaimer on here about maybe it's a supplement or a food that's like, not everybody needs to use this, like right? Like, yeah. and that's just like a tiny piece of the the huge space that we're talking about right now. But like you could say a video, Sam, and like like you just said, if it doesn't perfectly mesh with someone's journey, but like it also doesn't apply to everyone. And that's the beauty of intuitive eating is that your journey is rooted in 10 principles that you're gonna apply so differently in your life. And just, it's just so crazy. And I saw this one video too. And it's, again, it's somebody that I follow. So I'm like, what, what the fuck is wrong with my feed? Right. <laughs> but like, it's someone that I follow. And she said something like she was making fun of anti-diet dietitians, but she's also an anti-diet dietitian. So it was confusing. And it was like, you know, they say that there's no rules, but the only rule is there are no rules. And, um, and she was like saying that, that that's like a bad thing. And so I think that there's just so much confusion out there mm. that if your sole way of communicating with people and getting your message out there is social media, like it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I think like there's, there's certainly like inherent flaws on both sides, like how, like we are using it as a way to share information, but also the way the users are now thinking like, this is where I find the information that I yes. need to know. Like, how and this is going to be point? my support, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I try to make that vividly clear that like, you know, if you connect with my message, if you relate to my message, if you feel safe here, you feel at home here, that's a great thing. But like that is not going to supplement or be a substitute for professional counseling with our team. Like 
it, and that's where I think people are expecting that their intuitive eating journey is just going to be like smooth sailing. If they just follow a bunch of intuitive eating accounts, which we know that that will probably not be a good thing. That's their only support. Yeah. Like if that's your plan, maybe follow like two so that you're just at least not bombarded with like way too much information. That's probably conflicting at times. Uh, or just don't do that. I don't know. Pro tip. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you both for joining me for a little cash conversation about non-diet work. This was so fun. Yes. (laughs) It was like a therapy session where we could just dump all of our shit. Um, Now Jenna's going back to her Jamie Lee. Oh my gosh. Jamie Lee. I need to finish it. Do you know that her name is literally her dad's name and her mom's name put together? Like I knew that, but like in my head, like hearing this story, she was an oops by 10 years. I think like her, the difference between her and Brittany is 10 years and her and her brother. I didn't even know she had a brother 14 years. And she was basically like, I think my mom was drugged when she put the parents' names on the list and just named me both of our names. Jamie Lynn. Could you imagine if that was true? (laughs) Okay. I'm done. You guys can listen. Gosh. Oh gosh. And if you are listening, please share your not nutrition related podcast with us so that we can give our brains a little break. We appreciate <laughs> it. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod we promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next week for a lot more fun